Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 146. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Next Step Test Prep, the MCAT Podcast is here to make sure you have the information you need to succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I am excited that you have chosen to take in some time today to listen to this podcast. We are in the middle of May, almost end of May, and we are well over 1 million downloads now for this podcast. And I get emails all the time from students who do their own prep for the MCAT, and they heavily rely on this podcast to help guide them. And they're emailing me on a weekly basis, letting me know, letting us know that the MCAT podcast has guided them to an amazing score. So hopefully you will have that opportunity to email me in the future, letting me know that the MCAT podcast has helped you get the score that you have always dreamt of. We're continuing our breakdown of Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10. We're winding up here. Two more episodes here for Full Length 10. We're going to jump right in. Claire, back for some more MCAT podcast, Psych Soch, Next Step Test Prep Full Length 10. Our time is almost at an end here for the full length, not for the podcast, just the full length at this point. So uh, we have a passage today, and then I think next week is our last set of discretes, correct? That's correct. And just today's our very last passage. Yeah. And just for memory's sake, I know I ask this all the time when we when we like close out a a section, but it, it seems like it always ends on discretes. Is that true? Uh, pretty much always. Okay. Um, yeah, because the, the MCAT, each section isn't structured exactly the same, and it's not exactly the same from test to test. So uh, in theory, you could have one test where it's like two passages and then a set of discretes versus three passages and then a set of discretes, but virtually always it ending with discretes. All right. So our last passage, passage 10, what is in store for us today? Here we have a sociology passage. So that should be fun. Some um, stereotype threat kind of stuff. Um, so socioeconomic, like stratification. So very relevant to real life. Okay. Which will hopefully make it a little bit more fun to read. Hopefully. All right. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Passage 10. Immediately after World War II, millions of Americans took advantage of programs to attend college, 
which served to boost the social mobility of these individuals. In modern times, college education has instead served to increase the stratification of social classes. One way that this relationship between class stratification and college is perpetuated is that at top-ranked academic colleges, a large majority of students come from families with high levels of income, and a very small percentage come, with, come from families with low levels of income. That's because they all bribed their way in. Oh, I knew that would <laughs> come up. I totally agree. That's, that's too I easy. I went to USC, so I, I know like they, <laughs> there's some bribing. Uh-huh. Were you a rower at USC, too? You know, I was actually a rower. You were on crew there? Nice. I was actually on crew, so it was like so frustrating. Oh, oh. all right. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, paragraph two, this disproportional effect occurs for several reasons. First of all, families with additional resources are able to provide outstanding education for their children from a young age, increasing the chances the children will be admitted to selective colleges. This explanation is borne out in the income achievement gap a reference to the increasing disparity in test scores between students from families with high incomes compared to those with lower incomes. To evaluate the effect of socioeconomic status on college attendance, researchers evaluated the enrollment decisions of students in the fourth quartile of admissions test scores. They found that in this group, 80% of students who came from families with high income levels went to selective colleges while 40% of students from families with low income levels went to selective colleges. Another means by which socioeconomic level impacts college admission is through the cost of school. Tuition costs have dramatically increased since World War II, while the percent of student aid covering tuition has continued to decline. The results of this financial disparity is that students with less economic resources enroll at less selective colleges, which cost less. College attendance further perpetuates stratification as those having attended college are much less likely to experience downward social mobility than those who have not attended. Those who possess a bachelor's degree make, on average, twice as much money as those with a high school diploma. Okay, pretty straightforward. It's a a pretty easy passage to read, so I would be excited to read this one and move on. And then, obviously, with everything in the news lately with the admission scandal, it's... makes it a little bit more fun to read because it's top of mind. So we'll see how hard the questions are that go along with it. So question 53, which of the following would refute the argument that college is partly responsible for increased social stratification since World War II? A, higher percentages of individuals who didn't attend college in both high and low economic brackets immediately after World War II. B, test scores being strongly correlated with admissions to college. C, greater boosts in income levels from before completing college to after completing now than after World War II. Or D, greater tuition costs now than after World War II. Oh, all right. So easy passage, hard questions. Um, (laughs) Which of the following would refute the argument? So the argument that college is responsible, partly responsible for increased social stratification. So I'm assuming the the question is asking, so social stratification to me is, is saying separating the classes a little bit more, right? So increased social stratification. We have um, more 
middle class or upper class more and and more lower, and so just increasing those differences more. I'm assuming that's what that's saying. Um, and so, which one would refute that? So, which one is going against that argument? Oh, all right. Um, test scores being strongly associated with admissions to college. Uh, okay. Hmm. Oh, man. Uh, a high percentage of individuals who didn't attend college in both high and low economic brackets immediately after World War II. High percentages of individuals who didn't attend college. Um, See greater boost in income level from before completing college to after completing now than after. So that would not refute, I don't think. And then D, greater tuition costs now than after World War II. Um, That wouldn't refute either because higher tuition, less people can afford, and the ones that can't afford only just make more money afterwards. Mm. I mean, the only one that really stands out to me is B, test scores being strongly correlated with admissions to college. Um, but that goes back to being able to do test prep and when you have a higher level of income. So that one to me, maybe, so I would go with A is the only one, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard oh. one. <laughs> it's a hard one for sure, but that was perfect. That was a good choice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So test scores, it kind of stands out right away, but then you're like, well, we'll know that if you can afford test prep, then you're going to get uh, higher test scores and or potentially higher test scores. And so um, that would uh, be responsible for that social stratification as well. Okay. Totally. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so you did everything right there. Um, and especially since they uh, directly referenced this, income achievement gap as this disparity in test scores, uh, depending on income level, that's what really gets rid of B. And then, yeah, we're left with A. All right. Okay. Um, Next one, we skipped 54, um, but the next one is question 55. Students from low income brackets in selective schools who then fail because they don't believe they'll be as successful as those from higher income brackets exemplify blank. A, self-serving bias, B, stereotype threat, C, confirmation bias, or D, availability heuristic? Hmm. So we talked about confirmation bias a couple weeks ago, I think it was. And this, uh, this is like... I, I want to pick confirmation bias because it's like confirming that they can't do it because they fail. And so they're just confirming. But there's something that tells me that that's not right. And uh, self-serving is one that like, well, that's kind of what they're doing, right? It's self-serving uh, their failure. Availability heuristic. I don't know what that means. So I won't pick that one. And then stereotype threat. I don't know either. So I'm going to go with A, although C was awfully uh, intriguing. It's B. B, stereotype. Okay. (laughs) It is. Uh, And these are all just 
famously close in in meaning, so people mix them up all the time. Um, but but basically, stereotype threat. So that's the correct answer here. Uh, and stereotype threat refers to when people have this idea of some stereotype in their head. So here, for example, they purposely reference low income brackets. And they mentioned that these students from low-income brackets don't believe they'll be as successful as those from high-income brackets. So clearly, these students um, have sort of fallen victim to the stereotype. And then stereotype threat is often a form of uh, self-fulfilling prophecy, where if you believe that the stereotype says that you won't succeed, often you actually won't succeed as a result. So that is a classic stereotype threat. Okay. What about self-serving bias? The one that I picked, what is that? It, you know, it's really close, but the thing is that basically the end goal of self-serving bias is almost like the opposite of what it is here. Um, so ser- self-serving bias is a bias uh, that basically means we tend to think highly of ourselves. So if I am, for example, I take a test, um, the classic example, and I fail it, I might think, oh, like it wasn't my fault, like the teacher's just terrible, or it wasn't my fault, like the room was too cold or something like that. Whereas if I do well, I think, oh, that was totally because of me. Like, I'm awesome. I'm so smart. <laughs> uh, and that's self-serving bias. So it it's a bias that tends to serve our own sort of high opinion of ourselves. Uh, and so believing that you're, you're going to fail is not typically uh, an example of self-serving bias. Okay. And confirmation yeah. bias we've done before. What about the availability mm-hmm. heuristic? Availability heuristic. Um, so... We might have seen this one a long time ago, uh, but it comes up in all sorts of different contexts. But it always means the same thing, where uh, availability heuristic is where we tend to rely more on information that's more fresh in our mind, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, example, for example, here, when you started reading this passage or when I started reading this passage, um, the first thing you were thinking of was, oh, college, um, and, you know, scandals in the news recently. Like that information is very available because it's been uh, very p- highly publicized. So that that is the information you you drew on first. So okay, great. All right. So stereotype threat—that's a good one to know. Mm-hmm. Right. Question fifty-six: What is an example of a program which aims to improve students from lower income levels, prospects in college, utilizing the concept of looking glass self? Whew. All right, looking glass self. A, a program in which students are paired with a mentor throughout college. B, a program in which students are tutored in subjects traditionally underrepresented by those from low incomes. C, a program in which peers give positive feedback to students throughout college. Or D, a program in which students are taught the mannerisms of successful students. Wow. Um, So looking glass... It's an interesting name, and and I wonder if it's descriptive at all. Like, it's this is what it is because it's a looking glass, right? You're looking at uh, at, at yourself, maybe. Um, so paired with a mentor throughout college. Um, I don't know about if that's a looking glass. The the only one where that stood out to me as looking glass again. If if I'm the concept of looking glass, if I don't have that right, then obviously I'm not going to get it right. But a program which peers give positive feedback to students throughout college, that's almost looking glass because the peers is part of like, hey, these are you. Um, so looking glass, that's, I would go with C because that's the only one that that I think 
fits the looking glass definition that I have in my head, which could be completely wrong. Great. No, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. Uh, Awesome. So, Um, so that one, I mean, for me, um, the the looking glass I, I i i just relied on well hopefully it's descriptive definition and and it's not some kind of weird definition that that i'm not going to know no it's a great it's a great term uh <laughs> unlike some psych terms cuz it literally just um tells us essentially what it is mm-hmm. uh and it it can be kind of confusing if you read up a lot on it though um it can almost confuse you further because if we're thinking about our own perceptions of ourselves and then we're thinking about how others perceive us and then even how we might perceive how we uh, should be like our ought perceptions. Oh, hey, here's how I ought to be. Um, you can get all tangled up in all of those definitions, but the simple way to think of the looking glass self is it is our representation of ourselves um, based on in part, at least how others view us. So this idea that, Oh, you know, I, I can't just, um, have this perfect perception of myself that's all you know entirely untouched by external influences i in large part perceive myself as a result of the feedback i get from others so i'm essentially almost looking in a looking glass like looking in a mirror um with regard to their feedback so that's why c is the perfect answer here and then none of the other ones are are really relevant to that at all all right there you have it passage 10 from next step test prep full length 10 Again, hopefully you got some great information that you can bring to your test day. Get those extra questions answered right and hopefully bump up your score a few percentage points. If you are looking for an MCAT course, look no further than MCATCourseReview.com. That is a YouTube video where I took a peek inside of Next Step's MCAT course. Now, there are a lot of MCAT courses to choose from, and it's hard to decide which one is right for you. Do you go with the company that has the biggest marketing budget and therefore everyone knows them? Or do you go with the best course that will work for you? Now, I believe that Next Step's course will work for most of you out there. And one of the reasons I believe that is because it has everything that different types of students will need. It has all of the content that you're gonna need to help brush up your content review. It has access to all of the full-length exams. Again, the full-length exams that students think are the second best out there behind the AAMC. And what I think separates it from every other test prep company as far as courses is their office hours. You get five days a week of live office hours where you can go, you can ask questions, and you can learn. So this will work for the student who wants to study on their own, but also needs and wants access to a tutor when they need them. So go check out, again, mcatcoursereview.com or go to nextsteptestprep.com. Use the promo code MCATPOD to save $50 off your MCAT course. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time when we are going to wrap up Next Step Test Prep for length 10.